0: Amen. Thank you, young people. Take your Bibles this morning. Go to, with me to the last chapter in the book of Genesis. We've been in this study now for many, many months, and I've enjoyed it. I've had many folks comment on how God's been using this series, and he's been using it in my life. But we're going to read a couple verses and take a look here at a few others this morning in Genesis chapter number 50. And, of course, I've entitled the message this morning, It is well, God meant it for good. And uh, we've already been ministered through message of song this morning, and the Lord has just been ringing the bell even before I got up here to preach the message this morning. But Genesis 50, beginning in verse number 18, the Bible says, And his brethren also went and fell down before his face, and they said, Behold, we be thy servants." And Joseph said unto them, Fear not, for I am in the place of God. But as for you, ye thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. We look at these verses and, of course, what is led up to these verses. And over the past few months, We've spent a lot of time with Joseph and his family, and today we are bringing our study of this great man of God to a close. Kind of a sad note on my part. I I love studying characters in the Bible. I, I learned so many lessons from Joseph's life, and some of those lessons that I've learned is that Joseph's life, like many of ours, has been a series of trials and tragedies. You take a look at this uh, whatever you want to call it, graphic, and you see how uh, the road of Joseph's life was marked by many valleys and and very few mountains. And we've seen the hatred and cruelty of his brothers, and we've seen how that Joseph then was a slave, and how uh, he was falsely accused, and he was put in prison. And while he was there in prison, we read and studied one Sunday how he was abandoned while he was in prison, forgotten there, and. We've seen him how that he's been taken out of that prison and he's actually been elevated to a a place of prestige, a place of power, a place of prominence in the land of Egypt. We've watched how uh, in the last couple chapters how Joseph has been reunited with his brothers. And God used Joseph in the life of his brothers really to bring them to the point of repentance, to getting things right, not only with their brother, but also with God. And then one of the greatest days of Joseph's life was when he was reunited with his own father. And of course, Jacob thought that his son, Joseph, was killed many years before this time that they were able to come back together. We've seen all the highs and all the lows in Jacob's life, And, and even through all those valleys and Across all those mountains, we have seen one truth that has remained and held to be true, and that is this, that God meant it for good. God seems to work in our lives in ways that we would not understand. Some of you, as I look out over this auditorium this morning, and I know many of you that are listening today, you've had some challenges, you've had some valleys in your life you might be going through one right now it seems like the valleys are more than the mountaintops and many times we wonder god why am i going through this can i give you one simple biblical answer that no matter what it is you're going through that god is meaning it for your good and for his glory god wants to use those things in your life and He used them certainly in Joseph's life, and when we come to Genesis chapter number 50, Joseph is now near the end of his life. He has recently said goodbye to his father. Now here at the end of his life, I love this, that Joseph actually is displaying still a remarkable faith in his God. I love Brother Brother Weaver's spirit, how he said, listen, I'm going to finish my course just like the Apostle Paul and and, and he, he actually was using part of my life's verse there, Acts 20, 24, because I claimed a long time ago, I'm going to finish my course with joy in two ways. The joy of the Lord and with my wife is the way I'm going to finish my life. And I, I'll tell you, when I hear these young people standing here singing, I am resolved, I, I'm going to serve God. Listen, it doesn't matter if you've been called into full-time ministry. If you're saved, be a Christian every day of your life until the Lord calls you home, and Joseph, he was displaying a remarkable faith in his God. Have you figured it out yet in your own life, that God is behind every event that occurs in your life and mine? There are no accidents, there, are, there is no such thing as coincidence. Can I tell you that what you and I need to understand is the providence and the will of Almighty God that God's will is perfect. Listen to what Isaiah said. Remember the former things of old, for I am God, and there is none else. I am God, and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning, and from the ancient times, the things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure, calling a ravenous bird from the east, the man that executeth my counsel from a far country, yea, I have spoken it, I also will also bring it to pass. I have purposed it, and I will also do it. Ephesians 1.11, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. Psalm five six. whatsoever the Lord pleased. That he did in heaven and in earth, in the seas and in all deep places. When you look in the Bible, and there are many other places that we see the providence and the will of Almighty God, but it is clear to me that the scriptures, the Bible, teach clearly the providence of God and the perfect will of God. So this morning as we look at Joseph's life, I want you and I to just look in the concluding part of this study that we've gone through, some of the steps that Joseph took. Now listen, a lot of times when people realize they get to the end of life and they they feel like life is almost gone, sometimes what people want to do is they want to just shift it into neutral and just kind of coast on in. I don't see that in Joseph's life. Matter of fact, I see Joseph taking some steps that actually demonstrate his absolute confidence in the providence of God. And I love this, it's a great thing for us as we turn the page and move on to something else next Sunday, that for Joseph, Joseph knew that it was well, why? Because God meant it for good. You know what that means? That means that Joseph understood that God was in control of every event in his life. Do you believe that for your own life today? Do you believe that God is in control of every event that is taking place in your life? And I want you to look with me this morning at three things that Joseph did, steps that he took, that showed this amazing, absolute confidence in God's providence for his life. Notice the first thing, and this is a difficult one for many, many people. Joseph, first of all, released his past. My kids years ago said, Dad, Dad, can I just give you one word? And I said, sure. And here's what they said. Let it go. I said, excuse me? They said, let it go. I said, that's not one word. They said, yes, it is. Just let it go, Dad. That's what Joseph did. Joseph released his past. I mean, listen, you can understand all that this man had been through in his life. And I know many of you have been through a lot of things in your life, too, But can I tell you, the best thing you can do before you leave this earth, and actually long before you leave this earth, is just let it go. Release your past. See, Joseph's father, Jacob, had passed away. And you remember the brothers of Joseph, all that they did to him? And you know, when daddy's gone, all of a sudden, Joseph's brothers, they were a little bit worried. Joseph was in a place of power. His father was now gone and they begin to remember, things begin to come to their memory about how all the terrible things that they did to Joseph many years ago. They remembered how they hated him. They remembered how they sold him as a slave. They remembered how they tried to cover up his disappearance with a lie that he was dead. And, And of course, here they are, Their father's gone, there's no one to protect them, and they are fearing for their lives. So, like any other brothers would probably do, they begin to think, what are we going to do? Because we know that daddy's gone, and that our brother that we treated so poorly is going to seek revenge against us, and so, like many brothers would do, they came up with a plan. Now, notice what the Bible says in verse number 15 of Genesis 50. The Bible says when Joseph's brethren saw that their father was dead, they said, Joseph will peradventure hate us and will certainly requite us all the evil which we did unto him. And they sent a messenger unto Joseph saying, thy father did command before he died saying, so shall ye say unto Joseph, forgive, I pray thee now, the trespass of thy brethren and their sin. For they did it unto thee, Evil, And now we pray thee, forgive the trespass of the servants of the God of thy father. And Joseph wept when they spake unto him. And his brethren also went and fell down before his face. And they said, Behold, we be thy servants. And Joseph said unto them, Fear not, for I am in the place of God. But as for you, ye thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good. I see this situation here where, where they come up with this plan and they sent someone to Joseph with a message, as we just read, and they wanted Joseph to believe that before Jacob, before their father left this world, that he commanded, that he left a message, he left word that Joseph was to forgive his brothers before he died. <laughs> when Jacob, J- Joseph hears these words, the Bible says he wept. He heard what they had to say and how they had made this up. Can I tell you that as I study the life of Joseph, of course, Joseph is a great type of the Lord Jesus Christ. I have to believe in my heart that it was, it was never in Joseph's heart to hold the past over the heads of the, his brothers. It just wasn't in his heart to do that. Matter of fact, when you study his life, here's what you find is he had forgiven his brothers for all that they had done to him Long before this time came, and at the end of his life, I I love that Joseph, and we need to be the same way, Joseph could look back over his life, and the way that he was going to leave this world, he could look back with a clear conscience. How's your conscience today? Is everything okay with you and and those around you, your family, with, with God? I love what he says to his brothers in verse number 19, fear not, for I am in the place of God. Joseph was really saying to his brothers there, he was saying, look, it's not me that you need to fear. He says, one day, you're going to stand in the presence of Almighty God. Matter of fact, look what the Bible says in Luke 17, 1. Because as we think about our lives, there's many times as we go through life that you and I, if you haven't seen it yet, that we are faced with times where we're hurt ever been hurt by the words or the actions of others? By the way, if you live long enough, if you haven't been, you will eventually be hurt. People say things, they do things, it's inevitable. Notice Luke 17, 1, Jesus said unto his disciples, it is, notice the word, impossible, but that offenses will come. But the Bible says, woe unto him through whom they come. We can't help what others do to us, but we can help what we do with the hurts of others. And when the hurtful words come and the harshful actions, and certainly Joseph understood this perfectly with all that he had been through. Sometimes those that even love us or say they love us break our hearts. What do we do? What are some actions that we can take when people hurt us with their words or their actions? There's really only two actions that we can do one of them is we can be angry and we can hold a grudge and we can seek revenge certainly listen a lot of people if joseph would have done that they would have said hey listen that's justifiable after all your brothers did to you and a lot of times we think to ourselves well pastor you just don't know what i've been through you just don't know what my boss has done or what my spouse has done or my neighbor listen I may not understand that, but there is a God that does. And there are so many, can I say this morning, even Christians that take this course of action when they're hurt. They get angry. They hold on to something. They they hold that grudge. They won't let it go. They won't release it. They're seeking a way that they can get even with that person that has hurt them. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. But I'll tell you this, there's been times in my life in the flesh where I've done this. Can I tell you, in the sight of God, it's wrong for a child of God to do that. This is not the course of action that God would have us to take when we are hurt by others. I'm glad that we have the great example of Joseph. And notice the second course of action that we could take is that we need to forgive them. And then just leave the matter in the hands of God. Let God handle it. Do you know that God can do far better with a situation than you and I can? A lot of times we want to take matters in our own hands. Listen to what the Bible says in Luke 17 again in verse number 3. And I want you to see verses 3 and verse 4. The Bible says, take heed to yourselves. If thy, notice the word, brother, trespass against thee, rebuke him, and if he repent, notice the next two words, what are they? forgive him. And if he trespass against thee seven times in a day, and seven times in a day, turn again to thee saying, I repent, thou shalt what? Forgive him. Listen, it doesn't matter how many times somebody hurts us with words or their actions. God says, look, just forgive them. Leave it up to God, and the disciples heard Jesus say this in Luke 17, and I love the very next verse, verse number five, because this is where I'm at. Here's what they said unto the Lord, increase our faith. How do you do that? How do you forgive somebody that has hurt you the way that they have? Joseph certainly had been hurt time and time and time again, but you know what he did? He forgave his brothers. He let it go. He released the past. Ephesians 4:32. Be kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. How many of you are forgiven this morning by God? Look at that. If we have been forgiven for our past, then certainly anything that anyone has done to us doesn't compare to what the Lord has forgiven us for. And he says, just like the Lord's forgiven us, learn to forgive. Look at Romans chapter 12. Boy, these verses really hit me as I was studying these again. Recompense to no man, evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, Live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome evil, but overcome evil with good. Do you know that Joseph, here he is in the end of his life. And can I tell you, as Brother Weaver already said this morning, that we will not live forever. One day, we will all leave this world, just like Joseph was here in Genesis chapter number 50. And just like Joseph, are you prepared today to leave this world with a clear conscience towards others. Maybe there's someone that you need to go to today. Someone that you need to go to today and ask them for forgiveness. Maybe there's someone that you need to go to them and forgive them for something that they have done maybe to you. And you say, well, pastor, I just don't know. I don't know if I can do that. Well, with the help of God, you, like Joseph, can forgive. You can release the past. Joseph was able to do it. I want to ask you this morning, with God's help, would you let it go in your life? You see, that past, you hold on to it, will only drag you down. The first step Joseph took as he showed his amazing confidence in the providence of God was he released his past. He opened his hand and he let it go. But notice the second thing that Joseph did. Joseph then remembered God's providence. Look at the Bible, says in verse number 20 in our passage, he says, but as for you, ye thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. Now therefore, fear ye not, I will nourish you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spake kindly. Kindly unto them. Joseph didn't pretend when he thought about his brothers, he didn't pretend that that, that they had not done evil to him. He knew exactly, he knew the intent of their hearts. Matter of fact, he saw deeper than their intention. He knew that what they were doing to him was wrong. But in spite of all that they were doing to Joseph as their brother, Joseph came to the conclusion that God was doing something far more wonderful. God was working in his life in ways that he could not explain, and and they had sinned against him as brothers, but God even used the sin of his brothers to accomplish God's eternal plan. So in verse number 20, what does Joseph do? He acknowledges God's hand was in every detail of his life. You ever had that happen in your life? You can see the hand of God in your life. These young people stood here this morning and They could have stood here all day, probably, like many of us, and gave testimony of the hand of God in their lives. I know a lot of times I was telling Brother Weaver, sometimes here in Florida, a lot of people, when they hear a college from California, they're thinking, man, that's a long ways away. And here you have young people that are from Pennsylvania, Alabama, Louisiana, Laos. That's a little ways away from California. And you think to yourself, I I just don't understand, Uh, Pastor, with all that's going on in my life. Look, if you would just take a moment, sit down, and think about and remember, and you will see God's hand in every detail of your life. It's a wonderful thing. I look at how we ended up here and how God began to work, and God had a much bigger plan than even I can imagine. And Joseph, when he thought about this whole situation, he looked back on his life, Joseph knew the the hatred and the betrayal, and Joseph remembered the slavery and the imprisonment. He remembered the times of loneliness and separation from his family, but he knew that all of those were a part of a much bigger plan. God had something very special. God had used those valleys and the victories in Joseph's life to reach his own brothers, and God had used those times to encourage his father and God had used those times to bring the children of Israel into the land of Egypt, and the Bible says here, to save much people alive. Literally, God sent him there to save the known world at that time. See, certainly God meant it for good. And I think about my life and many of yours, and I'm praying for many of you and and those that are listening this morning, but certainly as we think about God doing things, God will use trials that we face to accomplish his purpose, to accomplish his plan for us. God will use them, listen, for our good and for his glory. We've already seen this verse twice today. Brother Weaver said it once. Brother Kenny chose it. I had no idea he chose it as the theme verse that we read this week for our, our weekly verse. And here it is again, Romans eight Let's say it together again one more time. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. So again, we see that God wants to use things like he was doing in Joseph's life. He wants to do that in your life. Listen to what Peter said in 1 Peter 1:7, that the trial of your faith being much more precious than that of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, that it might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Everyone, I mean, listen, this is true about myself too, everyone likes the victories more than the valleys. Everybody would prefer the good days over the bad days. But the question this morning is, as a child of God, are you willing to accept God's will, even when it goes against your will, knowing that God will grow us as Christians through those trials. Listen to Paul's testimony in 2 Corinthians chapter number 12. Paul says, And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure. Can you say that? He says, I take pleasure in infirmities. I take pleasure in reproaches. I take pleasure in necessities. I take pleasure in persecutions. I take pleasure in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. That was Paul's experience. And can I say that should be our experience as well. When life gets difficult, isn't it easy to forget that God is in control? I mean, we feel like our life is spinning out of control and God has forgotten about us. And 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 listen, where's where is life gonna go? But I love how the Bible reminds us in Hebrews thirteen, five, how he says, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Matthew twenty eight, twenty. He says, Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Joseph, what did he do as he neared the end of his life? He had a, a a confident faith in the providence of God. Joseph released his past and then Joseph began to remember, hey, maybe you ought to stop today and Think about the providence of God and think about all the good things that God has been doing in your life and how God's got you through this COVID-19 and how God has been with you every step of the way. He's been with your family, been with your children. Hey, listen, we too need to remember God's providence. But then notice the third step Joseph took. Joseph then rested on God's promise. Go to these verses in chapter 50. Look at verse 22. The Bible says, Joseph dwelt in Egypt. He and his father's house. Joseph lived in 110 years. Joseph saw Ephraim's children of the third generation, the children also of nature, the son of Manasseh, were brought up upon Joseph's knees. Joseph said unto his brethren, I die. And God will surely visit you and bring you out of this land, unto the land which he swore to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. And Joseph took an oath of the children of Israel saying, God will surely visit you and ye shall carry up my bones from hence. So Joseph died being 110 years old and they embalmed him and he was put in a coffin in Egypt. He looked look back over his life, listen, don't feel sorry for Joseph. Joseph lived a happy, long, productive life. You see, it's easy to dwell on the bad. But there were so many good things, and Joseph wasn't thinking about bad things as he came to the end of his life, but the time had come for Joseph to leave this world. He made the children of Israel promise him that they would take his bones with them when they came, listen, when they came out of Egypt. Joseph was claiming, when he made them, to make this promise to them, he was claiming a promise that God had given to his father many years before this, and in your notes, notice Genesis 46 and verse 2. Here's the promise. God spake unto Israel, which was his father, Jacob, in the visions of the night, and said, Jacob, Jacob. And he said, Here am I. He said, I am God, the God of thy father. Fear not to go down into Egypt, for I will make there, he says, I will, make there, I will, I will there make of thee a great nation. I will go down with thee into Egypt, and here it is, and I will also surely bring thee up again. Here's the promise that, Je- that Joseph was claiming. He was claiming this promise. He was, he was resting on the promise that God had made to his father. And so as Joseph's life passes, Joseph dies believing that God will visit his people one day And that he will bring them into a much better land. And that is the same assurance that all of us that are saved this morning have. Are you looking forward to that better place? This world is not our home. We're just passing through. People think this world is it. Listen, I'm glad this world is not it. This world is a mess. I I hope the Lord comes back before this next presidential election or the next disease that comes along or the next pestilence, the next earthquake or in South Florida, the next hurricane. I hope the Lord comes back soon. But I'll tell you this much, we have that assurance, just like Joseph was telling his brothers that they were looking forward to a visitation from the Lord. Do you know that death is not the end, according to the word of God? Listen to John chapter 5. Marvel not at this. For the hour is coming in, in the which all that are in the graves shall hear his voice and shall come forth. They that have done good under the resurrection of life and they that have done evil under the resurrection of damnation. Second Corinthians 5.8, we are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. John 14, look what Jesus said. And by the way, as you look at these verses, it's a greater promise than what God gave to Israel Back in Genesis chapter 46, look at this. Jesus said, in my Father's house, where is God today? He is in heaven. God's house is in heaven. And Jesus said, in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. He says here, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Jesus is not still laying in some tomb uh, in, in, in the Holy Land today. He rose on the third day as he said he would, and after 40 days of being seen by many infallible proofs, Jesus ascended back to be with the Father, and today he is seated at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for you and me, and he is preparing for us, A place, and you know what it is? It's a place that I'm not going to have to take my hammer. I'm not going to have to paint anything. Jesus is making a beautiful place for us. You know why? Because he's going to be there. Heaven's going to be a wonderful place filled with God's glory and grace. And are you resting in God's promise this morning of eternal life someday in heaven? When I look at Joseph's life, what an amazing study of this man's life. Joseph left this world. And I want you to think about this this morning as we're about finished. When Joseph left this world and his life was gone, Joseph left being right with God and with man. Paul's own testimony in Acts chapter 24, he says, Herein do I exercise myself to have always a conscience void of offense toward God And toward men. Joseph left this world with the full assurance that God had led him every step of the way. He left knowing that death was not the end, that there was a better future down the road, that he was clinging to this promise and he was ready for when the time came. But listen, I don't know when you and I will step through death's door, but when you leave, are you ready to leave the right way? I know a lot of times, many of us have not done things the way God would have us to do them. Joseph was ready. Are you right with your fellow man? Is there some issue, some problem, something in your life, maybe with someone else that needs to be taken care of today? And listen, can I tell you, with God's help, you can fix those things, whatever it may be. And then this morning, if you're listening here or maybe live, Do you have the full assurance that if today was your last day on this earth, that you're 100% sure that you would step out of this world and into the presence of God, or do you not know that for sure? That is the most important thing that you'll ever deal with in your life. Because you will spend eternity somewhere. We just read the verse there how the Bible says that some that it... They that have done good will go into the resurrection of life, but they, those that have done evil into under the resurrection of damnation. And listen to what Jesus said. We find in the word of God in 1 John chapter 4, listen, in this was manifested the love of God toward us because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Are you alive today spiritually? I I know, I think I can tell by looking around that most of you are alive physically. But have you been born again by the Spirit of God? Would you bow your heads with me this morning? With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, no one looking around. I'm glad for the love of God today, how it was manifested toward us. God sent his only begotten son, Jesus, See, you can't get to heaven by anything you've done. The only way to get to heaven is through the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, I am the way. Have you put your faith and trust in the Lord? Say, my life is not what I want it to be, not what I thought it should be. Why don't you put your hand, your life in the hands of God? The Bible says for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How many of you this morning, the sound of my voice could say in your heart with all certainty, I've had a time in my life that I've put my faith in Christ. I know I'm saved. Would you raise your hand as a testimony of that salvation? I know that I'm saved. I see many hands around the auditorium. You can put those down. I wonder... I wonder if you couldn't raise your hand right there. You don't know for sure. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. See, we're all sinners. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And if you'd like to accept Christ as your Savior today, the Bible says that you and I need to understand that we're sinners and that Christ died for our sins. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ.